Hey y'all, it's Crystal. And it's Samantha. And this is Serial Holic Sisters. True crime shit. What up, what up, girl? Hey. Oh, why are we so awkward? <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Sorry. I'm now Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> Not Kevin Hart because Matthew McConaughey said that first. Anyways. That's very true. Very it's true. Very true. So I have all the kids at my house tonight. Tyler, Tyler's like, got, <laughs> Tyler has a friend spending the night. Well, he's been here for days. That's what he does. We're used to that. He doesn't count. He has his own toothbrush here. But Danielle also has a friend over here. And oh my God, <laughs> these girls have, they, they took over my she shed. Like, oh. they took over the she shed. Danielle was like, hey, can we, can we sleep in the, and I was like, what? <laughs> and so they've been spending, like, they've been blowing up air mattresses and just like, setting it all up are they like all doing it though no just the girls just the girls they're they're just in there with their air mattresses and a billion blankets and pillows and stuffed animals but like lock your doors lock your windows they're not gonna stay out there girl (laughs) like they're um... not gonna stay out there first of all as soon as we're done with this i planned on like just joining them out there until they got scared and came back in but (laughs) before that I I just pulled the camera up just to check on them because I have a camera in my backyard that points directly at the the she shed Mm -hmm. Chris is out there like with the door open saying they're talking to them he's not gonna leave them alone (laughs) okay good Uh, well and also I kind of didn't think that Chris was actually gonna let them sleep out there no he's like trying to be cool and like yeah you can totally sleep he's not gonna let them sleep out there (laughs) dad the cool dad right he thinks he's cute that's okay I'm not I'm no longer a cool mom so you're not cool no no not to my oldest you know since he's got himself oh, a girlfriend he's got the girlfriend now <laughs> oh my gosh I don't even know how to feel about this so my oldest is just about to be a preteen I was like he's like, 11 he's not even 12 yet He's like literally like a month away from being a preteen, basically. Um, and and he acts like he's had, twenty. <laughs> yeah, he, he's honestly he's really mature for his age. It's, he really I, is. He, he's very smart. Like I'm not trying to brag or anything. Like he's like he's also very teenage angsty already. He's like, oh, well, mom. So- always been he's always been like super smart and ahead of his class in fact we just had parent teacher conferences about a week ago and his um homeroom teacher had told me if there was like a valedictorian for their class he would be it oh fancy so um I mean like for the whole entire sixth grade like he right they're like he he's just excels in everything he does so good um and and I'm proud of him. I'm very proud of him. Like sometimes his maturity level also makes me want to knock him down a peg or two because he's 11 and he talks to me like he's 18. Right. <laughs> he's very teen. Like I said, he's very teenage angsty. Like he's very, very like, oh, mom, you don't understand. Like you're not supposed to be going through this yet. Calm down, kid. No, but so like he's never showed any interest in girls like at all. And I've loved that because I'm like, oh, okay, great. Like maybe he'll just be like a lot older before he finally actually wants to 
focus any attention on girls because no offense but we're crazy <laughs> and but at that I've, age they're not so if I've said it once I've said it a million times bitches be crazy no <laughs> no um it's just so cute though like I can, I'm not can I say the good thing because the good thing about it is that he's wanting to take more showers now <laughs> oh yes so that's what I was about to say um so like he's he's it's so cute because um there's it's this the girl is this girl that he's like known and gone to school with since like the first or second grade I was gonna say I mean you guys live um, in a town that's like population what a thousand no it's more than that but yeah more than a thousand everybody knows everybody no everybody knows everybody so like he um he's always gone to school with her but like her name has always been one that I've heard and back in like I can remember when he was like in the second grade and he had like the little like playground crush type thing, except it wasn't like a crush crush. It was like a, this is my best friend and this is her, like, I'm not going to say her name, you know? Right. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Don't say her name. Can uh, I just say that's the cutest thing ever and I'm going to throw up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But anyways, like he's like, so he's always mentioned her and now all of a sudden it's his girlfriend. And it's so cute because he, he does have a phone. I know a lot of parents that probably listen to this or um, maybe not even listen to this not right now or whatever are against their kids having phones. Well, here's the thing about my kid having a phone. He does have a phone um, so that I can get a hold of him because I work a good 20 minutes away from him, 30 minutes away from him. His dad works 15 minutes away from him just in case of an emergency, like after school, which granted he does go and, and he's like at, you know, mom and dad's house and stuff. Um, so I'm not worried about like no parental or guardian type supervision. That's not it. It's he's, his phone's on lockdown. Like I literally have all social media apps are blocked. He can't even search the apps. Right. I mean, he's like 11. Like there's no, there's no need for that. Yeah. There's, if, if anybody has Verizon wireless as their, um, carrier cellular data plan, um, the just kids Verizon wireless plan, like made for kids is amazing because not only can you monitor every single thing that they do, but you can block anything you want. You can limit their screen time. You can limit who they talk to. If <laughs> this is not an ad for Verizon, by the way. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not an ad. Like you can. But um, also, hey, Verizon, we'll sponsor us <laughs> and we'll yeah, totally. talk your shit up. <laughs> it is. I'm, I'm telling you, like I, I, if it's one thing that I absolutely love because you know me, as I've stated, I'm helicopter mom and I freak out. So he's not allowed to have social media. Mm-hmm. So like. It's just cute though, because like he, I had to add her phone number to the available contacts he can talk to and like they text back and forth. And this evening when I got home from a photo session, he was Zoom meeting, chatting her because she doesn't have an iPhone. I can't. I know. Wow. Okay. Well, all right. Anywho. Is Is that all of our that's all of our updates let's that's all of our i think that's all of our updates for the week that's all of yeah. our updates i don't have a she shed we're, anymore we're not, and we're not bringing your kiddo's got a girlfriend <laughs> <laughs> you don't have a she shed my oldest has a girlfriend and we don't bring politics into this so oh, no we're not doing that all right so it's my turn 
my turn this week. It's your turn. And I, I, since spooky season is sadly over, I'm not going to try to scare you like I did last week with the Dear David. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but instead, I'll just tell you about a horrible case because that's what we do okay. here. So you ready for that? I'm ready for that. All right. Well, I actually didn't know about this case before. So, so when I started to do my notes, I completely started, like I have halfway notes on a different case that I was going to do. And then I was like, uh, I'm not feeling this this week. Let's do this another time. So I actually um, stumbled across this while I was like mindlessly scrolling through the facey space. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I saw it and I was like, what the hell? So then I like decided to look into the case more. And then I was like, what the actual hell? <laughs> what the actual the actual help so now i'm going to tell you about it and then i'll let you decide what version of what the hell you're going to use <laughs> when you have all the info mm. all right so you good you cozy you got your pumpkin chai tea easy. you good i don't i don't oh, have it that's today sad. that's okay that's okay. okay i have some still i still have some in my fridge because that's what i do but i have um right now i'm just drinking like a strawberry melon drink non-alcoholic because i yeah i just i'm not in the mood for <laughs> because, the alcohol because I, kids no <laughs> i have an alcoholic drink because kids no mm-hmm. all right <laughs> so settle in and let's talk about matthew hoffman oh goodness do you know this this is a good one do you know it yes uh, okay so on thursday november 11th 2010 in Mount Vernon, Ohio, 32-year-old Tina Herman's boss went by her house to check on her because she hadn't shown up for work and nobody could get a hold of her. So when he got there, he like, he goes to knock on the door. The door's not even like locked. He opens the door. He sees large amounts of blood everywhere. So he calls the police. So this began the search for four missing people. Tina, her 13-year-old daughter, Sarah, her 11-year-old son, Cody, and her 41-year-old best friend and neighbor, Stephanie Sprang. So all four of them are missing. Um, Tina's pickup truck was also missing, along with Stephanie's Jeep Cherokee. So uh, nobody had heard from them since the day before. They were nowhere to be found in the house. Like, nobody knew where they were. Um, What they did find in the house was a Walmart bag containing two tarps and a box of 55 gallon heavy duty trash bags so because that's that's not suspicious that's unsettling (laughs) (laughs) um they also found footprints outside of the house that led investigators to believe that a woman or a girl with size seven and a half shoes had left the house unwillingly unwillingly that's a hard word with an attacker so they don't know who but they're like okay there's a woman or girl seven and a half shoes didn't go willingly and that was like all police had to go on at first so later that night they located tina's pickup truck near kenyon college Mm-mm. they did they found a truck they're like all investigating the scene they're looking around there's nobody there but just her truck this 30 old 30 year old man matthew hoffman comes up on his bike and the police were like, hey, guy, what you doing? He was like, oh, I'm waiting for my girlfriend to get off work at the inn over there so I can pick her up on my bike. And they were all like, cool. Yeah, like <laughs> They were like, cool. And they went about their investigation. <laughs> so that's not suspicious either. 
on my bike. So, remember the Walmart bag that they found in her house? Mm-hmm. So, they were smart, and they're like, hey, let's go to Walmart and watch the surveillance tape and figure out who bought these items. So, they go, they go over to Wally World, they watch the tape, and then they realize the person who bought the tarps and the murder trash bags was the same guy they had talked to earlier that night. So it turns out he was not going to pick up his girlfriend on his super cool Huffy. He was actually planning on going to pick up Herman's truck and he was going to drive it back to her house and burn the place down, but they didn't know that yet. <laughs> that was his plan. That escalated. <laughs> it escalated quickly. That's what he was going to do. That, es- that, that escalated very quickly. <laughs> very quickly, girl. That's what was going to happen. So, um, yeah, they spent the next few I'm days. I'm here to pick up my girlfriend on my bike. Just kidding. I'm going to burn her house. <laughs> burn it to the ground. <laughs> yeah, no. So they spent the next few days trying to track this guy down. They're like, we talked to him. Like, who is like, so they found out his name was Matthew Hoffman. Um, And turns out his life was pretty much a hot mess at that point. Oh, you don't say. Yeah, he was messy. <laughs> so he, <laughs> he didn't have everything in order. He was an out-of-work tree trimmer, and he was currently on unemployment. Um, His car was being repossessed, and his girlfriend and her young son had recently moved out after she had filed a police report on October 24th saying that Hoffman had choked her. So he's broke. He got no car. His girlfriend left him because he attacked her. Didn't he he get a job as... A tree trimmer, and wasn't he like obsessed with like trees or leaves or something like that? With he was a tree trimmer, but he was out of work. But yes, he was obsessed with trees and stuff. I was gonna say like he he was like really weird because he was like obsessed with them. He had a very unnatural obsession with trees. Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, they found out who he was, and on November fourteenth, so four days after the last time they'd seen any of the missing people. Um, the police got a search warrant and they like raided his house. So like SWAT officers and everything, a SWAT officer busted through his front door and threw a flash grenade inside to like surprise him and make him all like discombobulated and drunk. Mm-hmm. Um, all I could think about when you said just, um, he just like, what, how did you say that into his door? I don't know. What like, did I say? Slammed into his door. How'd you say it? Busted through. He just like busted through. Okay, that's what it was. Busted through. All I could think of is um oh, the yeah. Kool-Aid man. The Kool-Aid man, yes, girl. <laughs> he just busted in and said, Oh yeah. And then he threw a flash grenade because that's what the Kool-Aid man does. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> <laughs> so Hoffman was actually asleep on his couch at the time that they like busted in like the Kool-Aid man. And um <laughs> He was, like, totally stunned and caught off guard. He was like, what's going on? And they were all like, you tell me what's going on. <laughs> but that was and like, he's he like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, he did not say anything. He was not the Kool-Aid man. They were. <laughs> I know. I just had to say it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but he didn't say anything else. He was like, no. He, like, shut down for a while after that. Uh, so they, like, had him in custody. And they start searching the house. And the first thing that they noticed was the room to the right of the front door. Like kind of living room, right right when you walk in, and it was completely covered in leaves. So there was a fourteen by fourteen tarp in the living room with leaves piled on it three feet high. So it's just like a big ass pile of leaves, because that's normal when you walk in a house. Um, they also found 
three rows of bag leaves in the living room stacked from the floor to the ceiling. So, yeah, that's weird. Because he's obsessed <laughs> over weird things. He's obsessed with trees and leaves and it's weird. So they move on to the bathroom and they found that it had been completely insulated with 110 bags of leaves that were attached to the walls. So these bags, they covered the mirror. They surrounded the toilet. They were just like freaking everywhere. There was also doodles and drawings and black marker all over the walls and um, on the doors and even the bathtub. Just like weird <laughs> drawings. Of like, of like the Spongebob doodle. <laughs> Franken doodle. Franken <laughs> doodle. Um, they could. <laughs> I'm just killing. I'm just killing it with all of these. Like, ima- just imagining all these, all these animated characters, animated characters, just like nonstop in this like true murder. <laughs> yeah, this, this is the, the police walk in. They're like, "This is weird." There's all these strange drawings, and you're like, "Franken Doodle." Yeah, you could. <laughs> you could be a great detective. <laughs> I, I was gonna say I was literally about to say can I just say that I'm gonna kill it as a detective killing it <laughs> you're like oh yes case I've seen this before solved. <laughs> case solved another one off the books <laughs> you're welcome Jesus okay <laughs> so they continued searching his home for any signs of the missing people and one officer even recalled being terrified that they would find their bodies under the big ass pile of leaves in the living room. Well, yeah, because he's a freaking creep. Right. Who, who does that? Who does like, that? Who does that? That's not a normal. I would have arrested him just for that. You're under arrest for weird shit. <laughs> <laughs> You're under arrest for being weird. Yeah, no. There were no bodies under the leaves, by the way. But they were afraid that they were afraid that there would be. Um, they searched his freezer and this is weird. They, they found that it contained nothing but red popsicles and two dead squirrels. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> so they, they weren't finding signs of anyone else there, just a bunch of weird ass random shit. Um, then they noticed that there, there was a door that seemed to be blocked off by a big sewing cabinet. So they moved the cabinet, they opened the door and they see that it goes downstairs to the basement. So they go down to the basement. In the corner of the basement, they find what seems to be a mattress made out of leaves covered in blankets. So they just yeah, like big ass pile of leaves in the shape of a mattress covered in blankets. Um, Once again, I'm nope the fuck out. They her. <laughs> no, no. Bound and gagged on this mattress with ropes and duct tape was the missing 13 year old Sarah. So this poor girl had been kept there for the past four days since the abduction on the 10th. And this part's really sad. She was so shaken and didn't seem to be aware of what was going on or how long she'd been missing or like anything. So just moments after her rescue, she told police that she was late for school and asked if they could give her a ride to school. Oh my gosh. Because she was like most likely in so much like in a state of shock that she didn't know what was going on. So that's what, that's the first thing that she said. That's terrible. So they asked her if she knew where her mother and her brother and Stephanie were. And she seemed really confused by this. And she said that Hoffman had told her that he was going to let her go back home to her family soon. So he had told her he was negotiating a ransom with her family. And when they had it all straightened out, he'd let her go. She said that, um, yeah, what? 
I was gonna say, yeah. Um, how how would you feel about like sitting there getting told, you know, where's your family when you think your family's looking for you? Right. You think your family is like about to see you. He he told her we're negotiating ransom. Once they once they we get that all straightened out, then you're gonna go home. Mm-hmm. She also told um, police that she was worried that Hoffman had hurt her dog because at um at the time of the abduction she didn't hear him barking and she was like he would have been barking and so i was worried that he hurt him so that's sad too <laughs> it is sad it is sad. It's just so sad so police feared that they were no longer looking for missing people but that they're actually now looking for bodies this episode is brought to you by shopify whether you're selling a little or a lot Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Okay, so just a little backstory on Hoffman. Um, like you said, it seemed he had a very strange obsession with trees. Yeah, he's that when <laughs> when you said his name, like yeah. I vaguely remember like all of the details. Mm-hmm. Um, like I don't I don't remember the details of like everything that she said or was worried about, like what right. you just said yeah, or whatever. Yeah. What I remember, <laughs> and it's so weird, but what I remember is wasn't that the weird dude obsessed with like trees and leaves? Isn't the weird tree guy? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> so. It shouldn't be like, that shouldn't be something that stands out, but it's, it is though. I mean, like, yeah. I mean, that would absolutely different. stand out. If, if I'd heard the case before, I'd be like, yeah, that's the tree dude. And that's weird. Yeah. It's the tree dude. He's a weirdo. Oh, so, what a weirdo. <laughs> so it, his neighbors said that he always seemed a little off. <laughs> They're like, he's, he well, seems yeah. friendly enough, but he seems a little, little off. So they had definitely noted his weird obsession with trees. They said that he mm-hmm. would play in the trees a lot. He would climb them. And he would even sit perched for hours, like some weird-ass human bird in trees. Like, he would just climb up there and sit up there <laughs> for hours. <laughs> some weird-ass human bird. <laughs> now all I'm imagining, what is it? Um, oh, gosh. Do you remember the movie... I'm telling you, man, I, I'm killing it on this. Do you remember the movie Little Nicky? No, oh, that's a terrible movie. It's so it's bad. It's such a terrible movie. But do you remember that movie? Yes. Unfortunately, okay, so I do. Do you, remember, do you remember that guy that, like, was dressed as that giant bird sitting in the tree yeah. watching the woman undress? Uh, so that's Matthew Hoffman, huh? <laughs> well... Ladies and gents, now I know what little Nikki was based off. Oh gosh, yeah, got yourself Matthew Hoffman. So yeah, oh weird man, I I swear some of the things that go through my head, it just it shocks me too. So it's fine, it's fine. I mean, we're all cool. strange. Just say it, and we can laugh at you. I'm with you. What? It happens. Um. Uh, <laughs> He was also known <laughs> to sm- to start small fires in his yard. So that's normal. 
Um, yeah. <laughs> his neighbors also said that he hated going to the grocery store. So instead of going to the well, grocery store, I mean, that doesn't make you a serial killer. I hate going to the well, grocery but store. But in, so instead of going to the grocery store, he wouldn't go at all. Instead, he would just shoot and eat the squirrels around. Yeah, his, no, no, I don't do. Has the squirrels in the freezer? <laughs> he was like, I I'm just, not going to the grocery store. Come here, squirrel. Is that what you do? Listen, <laughs> I hate going to the grocery store. I hate grocery shopping, but I'm still going to put my shoes on and take my happy ass to the grocery store before I sit there and shoot squirrels and just eat them. In You're like, I hate the grocery store, but I love hot Cheetos. So <laughs> those don't grow in the wild. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. It's so true though. It's so true. You're only saying that because I called you on my way from my photo shoot today. It was literally just indulging in a bag of hot Cheetos. That was the first thing the I could think of because I knew you just ate some. <laughs> I'm literally driving down I'm sorry we'll get back to this but I'm literally driving down I I had a photo session today of a senior boy and um it took like all day long and uh when all I was the live long home, day she it, left her house she was snapping me at like nine something that she was like scouting out places she didn't get done till like 6 p.m that I is, am that so is too much <laughs> it, yes it was a whole day from it um she it was like an hour drive to the place, um, to the town that they lived in and, and the place that they wanted pictures and stuff, which <laughs> is to fine. the town like, of the place. I, it doesn't <laughs> me. Yeah. To the place. To the place. No, they, it was, so it's like an hour from me. I drove there. I scouted out some places. A friend with, went with me. Um, she helped me kind of find some places too. Cause she was, she's like from the area. Um, and as I was leaving to come home, I lit like legitimately almost devoured or devoured an entire like giant bag of hot Cheetos. So I call her, I call Crystal, I'm driving down the road and I'm just like stuffing my face. And she, while and she's trying to tell me a story, by the way, <laughs> <laughs> while I'm trying to talk to her. So like, I keep stopping to chew <laughs> and stopping like a long pause to take a drink. And I was like, hello Joyce and <laughs> oh sorry I was like, drinking oh, no I'm still here sorry <laughs> so anyway yes, hot Cheetos are hot life, Cheetos are life. You. did you know that P.S. did you know I just found this out there's such thing as extra hot Cheetos now yes I did and I they just found this out almost just like it's, it's basically um, I've had them they yeah. look to me they do but you but I love spicy food so like it's really hard for me to think anything's too spicy. Yeah, same. Except for habaneros. You remember the time I ate a whole habanero because I was trying to, to be a badass because I could eat jalapenos and I literally cried for like an hour. And it was pretty funny. Was, <laughs> yeah, like it, it was she like, was like, I'm a badass bitch. <laughs> except I wasn't like crying, like as in like crying because I was no. stupid. Crying because it was like, literally flowing out and you couldn't help it, it. was uncontrollable at that point because habaneros is hot y'all I thought I was gonna die <laughs> continue <laughs> I saw Jesus anyways so <laughs> where was I? squirrels in the freezer yes he hunted squirrels all right so when police when police checked into his background they found that this was not his first run-in with the law so back when he was 19 and he was first living on his own 
He was working for a plumbing company in Steamboat Springs, Colorado. He broke into a condo that he was working at and robbed it. Okay. So afterwards, Mm -hmm. he he like robs it. He leaves. And then after he left, he was worried that he had left his fingerprints at the scene. So then he went back and he poured 10 gallons of gas all over the place and set the condo on fire. (laughs) (laughs) This caused $2 million worth of damage, by the way. Um, also it's a condo, so it's not just like, there's a bunch of different units, so there's lots of people in it. It's kind of like apartments, but like bigger and fancier and more expensive. So he said he knew that there were other people living in the condo, like in other units, but he knew when the fire alarm went off, it would alert them. So luckily the other 16 people living there escaped unharmed. Nobody was hurt, but he caused like $2 million worth of damage and he got caught. And he spent six years in prison for this crime. Nice. Yes. So that was all before this. That was like, that was his first brush with the law. And then he got all crazy and became a human bird and shit went down. <laughs> so just sitting like a human bird up in the trees. He literally, that's literally, you know, the neighbor said, the neighbor said he perched in the trees for hours. I'm like, <laughs> that's not normal. Y'all didn't, <laughs> y'all didn't tell somebody. <laughs> did he wear like a big bird costume? I, ima- I like to imagine that he did. <laughs> no. I just, I just want him to be a little bit humorous about his love for trees. It's, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. So following this arrest, Hoffman wouldn't talk to the investigators for days. Like I said, he like went silent. He wouldn't say anything. So they tried questioning him, but he would just sit there like slumped over in silence. Finally, he opened up a little bit to Special Agent Joe Dietz. Dietz? I'm going to say Dietz. Joe Dietz. Like D-I-E-T-Z? Yeah. That sounds like Dietz. We're going to call him Joe. So We're just special, call him Joe. special agent <laughs> Joe. So he opened up to special agent Joe a little bit off camera. I never, I never pretended that I could pronounce things people. Um, oh no, it's cool. It's cool. So he opened up to him a little bit off camera in a single stall restroom. This is according to case files. So like, there's no recordings. They were like in the restroom, like the special agent took him to the bathroom and he's like, starts talking to him. So Hoffman asked Joe if he was recording, and he was like, no, we're in the bathroom, dude. And so Hoffman was like, cool. So last night I had a nightmare. And Joe was like, okay. <laughs> and then Hoffman was like, so I dreamt that I was at a food processing plant, and I found a trash bag. And then I opened the trash bag, and it was full of dismembered body parts. Oh, so, so this- he's telling them, hmm yeah so then he was like so then I got a knot in my stomach and then it all came back to me so he told Joe that he wanted to tell them everything that happened but he wanted to do it on his own terms he was like okay I'm going to tell you what happened and I'm going to tell you where the bodies are but only if you then shoot and kill me and say that I tried to escape and you had to do it (laughs) he was like I'm a monster I can't live with what I've done so if you don't do this, I'm just going to kill myself in jail. And Joe was like, mm, no. 
So he's now like, we're not- gonna put you in. Now we're gonna put you in one of those lovely little jackets that hug yourself. <laughs> you're gonna get a big hug. So <laughs> and you're gonna feel like you're sleeping on a cloud in our nice, comfortable, <laughs> padded room. It's so cozy. <laughs> So Hoffman later said that he he made all that up. He didn't know where the bodies were. And they're like, okay. So they put him on suicide watch. <laughs> and then after just two days went by, two days after this, he completely changed his mind. And he clearly, he, he changed his mind completely because he apparently wanted to live now because he agreed to dictate a detailed confession to his attorneys and to plead guilty to all of the felony counts as long as they completely took the death penalty off the table yeah okay so now he wants to live so whatever so <laughs> they agreed they're like yes we just need to know where what's going on, like what happened so they agreed and he spilled everything so trigger warning it's gonna get a little rough in a minute mm-hmm. so Hoffman's- i know this part so <laughs> you're like i know it's rough I know what's going to happen. I know, I know what's going on. No, I know. Go on. I, know I know what's going down. Hoffman told them that he had been having a hard time. Like I said, he had no job. He had no, like his car had been repoed. Wow. 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 So sad. So he decided he was going to rob a house and try to find anything valuable that he could sell or pawn to try to make some extra money. So he had a history of robbing before. So that made sense. Like with his other, mm-hmm. um, he said that he was, uh, let's see, that was all he planned on doing, just robbing. He never wanted to hurt anybody. It was just going to, he was going to just rob a house. That was it. When it came to picking the house, it was very simple. He said he had found a house that had a broken garage door, like the, the garage door wouldn't shut down all the way. So he figured when the house was empty, he would just go in the garage under that garage door and get in the house that way. So this house was the house of missing Tina Herman and her two kids, and Stephanie lived next door. Yep. So he, he claimed he didn't know the family. He simply chose this house because it seemed the easiest to break into. So early on November 10th, like super early, between like midnight and 1 a.m., he settled in to stake out the house across the street in some woods. Like he brought a sleeping bag and he like got in the woods and just sat there and like slept for a while and watched the house and slept and watched the house. Like really creepy like I don't know why he wasn't in the tree perched watching because that seems like what he would do. That's probably what he did. He was just trying to not sound creepy, right? Yeah, definitely. (laughs) I'm going to say that he was perched in a tree across the house watching. Um, He said there were two cars parked in the driveway at the time. So Herman's truck and a gray car. I don't know whose car the gray car was. Um, He said he fell asleep and woke up after daylight and saw that the gray ho- the gray car was gone but the truck was still there so he waited until like after 9 a.m and he said a woman left in the truck and then he knew that this was his chance that everyone was gone so he walked across the street he tried the front door just in case it was unlocked but it was locked so he went to the garage door and slid under it and then once he was in the garage, he kicked, he kicked the door in that was leading to the house, and he entered the home. So Hoffman said the first thing that he did was look around the house and make sure that nobody else was there. And there was nobody there. It was empty. Um, he had brought a knife with him, 
but he said he never intended to hurt anybody. He just brought the knife as intimidation in case like someone came and he he needed to like get them so he could get out of there, you know, like so he could intimidate them. Yeah. Um you couldn't see me, but I was holding up a fake knife while I talked about that. I was intimidating you. (laughs) (laughs) So he looked around for anything that could be carried out easily that he, that could be of value. So like money, jewelry, like anything like that, that he could get out like super easily. He wasn't looking for like big, like TVs or anything like that. He didn't want to like cause a bunch of like, whatever, like have people see him. Um, he claimed that he didn't find anything like that of any kind of substantial value and he was getting ready to leave empty-handed when somebody pulled into the driveway so first of all at this point i i believe that you sir are a liar if he was so desperate for money that he would break into someone's home i find it hard to believe that he found nothing at all that he would steal and like try to sell or pawn off like nothing at all really that's just my two cents <laughs> no he, the fool's a pathological liar already so like how are you gonna believe first of all he's like oh i had a dream um no i'm just kidding i didn't calm down um, martin luther king <laughs> i know <laughs> that's probably what i would have said in the bathroom when he yeah said i would not be a good police officer man so i should probably take notes now (laughs) (laughs) on what not to say (laughs) don't say that so do not say that okay so he said he was in the back of the house in the master bedroom when tina entered the house and he was unable to exit without breaking a window and jumping out so here's my second of all if you just intended broken the window to begin with it, right. If you just intended on burglarizing and you never wanted to hurt anyone, then why would you care if you had to break a window to get out if someone came home? Thank you. Also, why couldn't you just open the freaking window? Breaking it seems very dramatic. Just open the window. <laughs> like, what? Mm-hmm. Whatever. If you were just trying to rob the place and not get caught, you would just abort the mission and book it. Like, you wouldn't just like, oh, I can't get out. I'd, I'd have to break a window. No, sir. You're a liar. He's a liar. It's you a lie. Anyway, so Tina gets home. She goes into the house and she goes straight back to her bedroom. And Matthew is there waiting. So he says he confronted her and he made her lay face down on her bed. He said that he decided he was going to knock her out so that he could escape. So he set his knife down on the nightstand and got out a blackjack that he had with him. Do you know what that is? no i did not know what that is so i googled it i was like what the hell is a blackjack so it's basically like a small baton like like a police baton kind of except you can like it it like extends or like so you can like hide it easily i guess okay so he had that with him and he was like i'm gonna i'm just gonna knock her out with this and then i'll escape that's his plan supposedly because he's he's a decent person um So he hits Tina in the head with the blackjack a few times, but it's not knocking her out. So he starts to panic. He's like, oh, I'm just like hitting her in the head. Nothing's happening except for painfulness for her because what the hell. Um, The next thing he knows, Tina's friend Stephanie walks in and he's like, shit, now there's two of them that I have to deal with. So Hoffman says at that point, he grabbed his knife from the nightstand and he quickly stabbed Tina twice in the back. 
as she laid on the bed. He then chased Stephanie through the house into another bedroom, and he stabbed her multiple times in the chest, killing her. So then he went back to the master bedroom and stabbed Tina a few more times to make sure that she was also dead. So Hoffman says at this point, he was in total shock. He says he wandered through the house, freaking out about what he had just done. Um, let's see, animal trigger warning. During this time, he did kill the family dog because he said the dog wouldn't stop barking and he was afraid someone would hear it. So that's really sad to me. <laughs> that is sad. Like, that's it's all crazy. sad, but right now I, have to, now I have to hug my shadow <laughs> right he was just doing his job okay so he says that after a little while of like just walking around in shock and freaking out he realized what he had to do so he said he realized that he had to dispose of the bodies so at first he thought about putting the bodies into one of the women's vehicles and driving it into a nearby pond and then swimming away as the vehicle sank. But he was worried that it was too cold and he wouldn't be able to make it out of the water. Oh, boo-hoo. Mm. Right? Should have tried that. But whatever. Then he decided, this is gross and bad. He decided he would, quote, process the bodies. And then dispose of them inside of a tree that he knew was hollow. Because trees because he's obsessed with trees and he's weird because he's obsessed with trees right so trigger warning because this is gross his processing is he took the bodies of tina stephanie and the family dog into the bathroom and he dismembered them using the knife that he had brought with him oh my god can first of all can i just say that that had to have been a ridiculously sharp knife well this is what i'm gonna say he knew that the knife would not be able to cut through bones. So oh. he just dis- he dismembered them at the joints. So it wouldn't be yeah. as difficult. Exactly. So it wouldn't be as difficult to saw through. That's exactly right. Yes. Yes. No. What a fucked up dude. Like for somebody that he only planned on robbing a house, not hurting anybody, that escalated hella quick, dude. Like, also, you can't go, you can't go from I'm like, not going to hurt anybody to dismembering people. Also, how did he know where all the joints were? I mean, he know where your joints are. I mean, I know where my joints are. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, did he just, like, feel <laughs> You're like, but I know, and... like, I know where mine are, but he's a bird, so he shouldn't know where your joints are. <laughs> <laughs> he's a man bird. <laughs> he shouldn't know where all the joints are. <laughs> what do he do, peck them off? No. Oh, God, gross. <laughs> So, once he finished with this, he moved Stephanie's Jeep into the garage so that he had, like, he, once he dismembered them, he he put them into trash bags. So, then he moved her Jeep into the garage so he could load the trash bags into her Jeep. So, like, he couldn't be seen. Um, He was almost finished loading the bags when he heard the two children come into the house and call for their mother. I know. It's terrible. So, they came in they called for their mom he confronted them he just showed up he was like he was like oh yeah and they were like no and he showed up sarah ran to her bedroom and cody turned to run out of the front door but hoffman said that he quickly moved over to cody before he could get away and stabbed him in the chest a few times 
he then ran to Sarah's bedroom and he said that for some reason he couldn't bring himself to kill her. So I'm going to now tell you what Sarah remembers about her abduction. So I read oh, this. No. I know. I read this in a book about this that she and her father helped author Robert Scott, Robert Scott write about this. Like it's a book called it's a book called The Girl in the Leaves. Robert Scott wrote it. Yes. And then, I was so I was about to say, um, I read this book like a long time ago, actually. Um and I kid you not, this book was like so detail. Yeah. Like, oh, how do I want to put this? The know. details in this book made me you just know when you're like your gut just kind of rings sometimes. Yeah, it's gut-wrenching. Man, man, this book did that. Because I'll tell you what, it's, to be this little girl. 13-year-old little baby girl. Literally. Um, I, I'm, I'm, like, I'm speechless as to what yeah. I it's terrible i mean this is a like it's terrible this is not it's a tough case so it's a tough case it's a good case so it's a tough case yeah so sarah says that she remembers seeing hoffman appear after her and her brother got home um and she said that she ran and barely slipped past him and ran towards her bedroom and as she was doing that she said she saw her brother turn to run out the front door so she gets to her room. She scrambles around in her room to find her cell phone to call 911. But before she could find the phone, Hoffman was in a room grabbing her. So she said she struggled with him a little bit. And during the struggle, he cut her finger with the knife that he had. Then he used the knife to cut a cord off of a fan that she had in her room. And he used the cord to like bind her hands. So he told her that if she yelled out, then he would kill her. He then threw her over his shoulder and carried her down to the basement. And down in the basement, he found a sled that had like a rope on it. So he cut the rope off and used it to bind her feet so she couldn't run away. He then put a pillowcase over her head and carried her back upstairs. So Sarah said that when they got upstairs, he kind of like just like threw her down on the kitchen floor. And when he did that, the pillowcase came off of her head. And she could see the kitchen was, like, completely torn apart. Groceries were, like, all over the floor. Stuff was flung everywhere. And um, she said that he rummaged under the kitchen sink for, like, a while. And then he seemed to find whatever he was looking for. And he left the room. So she's just, like, laying in the kitchen floor, terrified, tied up. And he's gone. But she could hear him in the bathroom making, like, a ton of noise. So she said she could hear the water like running, turning on, turning off, running for a while. Every so often the toilet would just like randomly flush. She said she didn't know what he was doing, but it lasted for a very long time. So after what seemed like hours, he came back. He told her again not to scream or make any noise. And then he blindfolded her and carried her out and put her into what turned out to be Stephanie's Jeep. Where we know that he had been like placing the garbage bags to move them. Mm-hmm. So he puts her in the jeep. He puts blankets over her, and she and like covered her up so she wouldn't be seen, like when he's driving her away. Um, and that's so that's all that she remembers from that day. 
So she never saw like what happened to her brother. She never saw her mother or anything like that. Which makes it so sad when she's like, I'm going home to my parents soon. Oh yeah. Like she thought everyone was fine. Mm-hmm. Um I never saw anything that said exactly what he was doing for all those hours in the bathroom. But like from everything that I read, I'm pretty sure we can just like piece it together. I'm pretty sure he was like I'm pretty sure he was dismem- up the Yes, dismembering yeah. and bagging Cody's body. And probably the dog too, because yeah. So um during his confession, he did lead police to the bodies. They did find Tina, Cody, Stephanie, and the family dog all dismembered in trash bags in a hollowed out tree that he led them to. So what happened during those four days that 13-year-old Sarah was held in the Hoffman's home while she was unaware that her mother and brother had been murdered by this man? Let me tell you. Let me just tell you. It's real terrible. So Hoffman was actually convinced that during this time, he was a genuinely nice guy to her. Um, He said he let her play video games and he gave her the book Treasure Island to read so she could pass the time. He told officers that he had promised her that she would be okay. And he even showed her, this, this leads back to what she had said earlier. He showed her the definition of ransom in a dictionary and explained to her that he was negotiating a ransom with her family. So she shouldn't worry. She, she, she will be home by Christmas with her family and all that stuff. Um, he also said that he cooked her hamburgers and the two of them watched the movie Iron Man together what yep it's just like this big fun sleepover for him he he claimed that sarah liked the bed that he made out of the leaves for her and that he would sleep there with her in his arms like he would just lay in the bed with her and put his arms around her fuck that fuck that um, he said he, he could Don't never like fucking touch me <laughs> exactly he said like he claimed he could never hurt her but he did also like sexually assault her multiple times while she was there. I was gonna say I did know that. Yeah, he did that because. Um. Yeah. That was part of his uh, in his arrest. Right. He, he's like I could never hurt her, but he he did that. Like he. He absolutely hurt her. He absolutely Mentally, hurt her. Emotionally, physically. Yes. And he also told officers that he planned on giving her more and more freedom until she finally just ran away on her own. That was his plan. So So that he would never have to get caught or tell her. Right. Right. He he would just he would just give her more freedom each day until she finally just like ran off. And until then he would just continue like cooking hamburgers and telling her that she's gonna see her family soon. Like he's fucked up. He really was super, super fucking crazy, though. Yeah, it see, it almost seems like in his head, he was in, like, this weird kind of, like, relationship type thing with her, which is sick and twisted because she's a kidnapped 13-year-old baby and you're a grown-ass 30-year-old man obsessed with trees. <laughs> like, <laughs> you giant bird man. <laughs> you giant bird man piece of shit. Like, what the hell? So... <laughs> Hoffman did plead guilty to all the charges, which included three counts of aggravated murder, aggravated burglary, rape, kidnapping, tampering with evidence, and abuse of corpse. Abuse of a corpse. Um, 
<laughs> he was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. And he remains in prison to this day. So that is Matthew Hoffman. Except, weird ass weird ass human birdman. Except I still wish that he would have had the death penalty, but he took that off the table, even though even though he tried to get the officer Joe to shoot him and said, I'll just kill myself anyways. He decided I know, he, he wanted to live. Saying, like I really wish, like even out of spite, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I understand he told them, but technically I would still be giving that fool the death penalty. Like he he ruined this poor girl's life. Also, I didn't put this in my notes, but I did read. Like I I tried to look and see what's going on with Sarah now. Because this was back in like 2010 and she was 13 then. The last thing that I saw, the last update was really sad to me because it was saying that, um, you know, she got saved. She went to go stay with her dad. Who, like her dad and her mom were like divorced. They weren't together. The last thing I saw was she went to stay with her dad. And then like a few years later, she was moved away from her dad's house. And there was like charges against him and his and her stepmom for like abusing her. Oh my God. Right? Has she not been through enough? What the hell? It's real sad. What a, I'm sorry, but what a fucked up world that we live in. It's so fucked up. That's oh, yeah. sad. That's my case for this week. That was a good case. Very good case. I mean, it's terrible and sad, but good case. No. <laughs> terrible and sad but it is a good case um it's just different it's not one that you hear a lot you know you hear a lot of the big name heavy hitters all the yeah, time yeah but i i honestly i always look forward to the weeks that you have a case because you definitely go out and share like not super well-known ones so sometimes i want to do the well-known ones and sometimes i just want to kind of do something I know, I know and me I'm kind of the same way but like these ones are good like yeah it's good when you haven't heard it like 700 times I feel like no I, and I knew this case and I and I read the book and everything too that they based this case off of and um or the book was based off this case sorry and uh it was just like I I've known this one yeah but detail wise like like I said I didn't like stay up on all this the uh interviews and stuff that went on in this case yeah I mean when you look into all that stuff and in like any case it is it's it gets super fucked up yo (laughs) like I said bitches be crazy bitches be crazy so yeah bitches be crazy <laughs> just keep repeating it <laughs> i'm sorry my i didn't know could you hear did you hear that in the background no you didn't hear anything did you okay so my dog <laughs> you're just repeating me and watching your dog <laughs> no i was listening to you too but like my dog was like right in front of me and uh like he had been sleeping in front of me and he got up and started scratching but it was like obnoxiously scratching so here's the thing with my dog he doesn't he doesn't have fleas doesn't have anything like that but he's got he's got the eczema oh <laughs> poor baby so um get him we, some like oatmeal shampoo like oatmeal bath shampoo changed, for dogs we did we changed his dog shampoo we have him 
him a vet, like an actual vet prescribed, um, like allergen type shampoo for dogs. Yeah. It's just still not helping. We tried everything. I feel so bad for him. Poor um, sweet baby he angel. Do it like all the time or anything, but like every once in a while, he gets himself <laughs> like scratching. And I was like, man, that's loud. <laughs> I did not hear it, but thank you for pointing it out. <laughs> for all my listeners, my dog ha- has eczema. My dog has eczema. He's got the eczema. No, he just has really dry. Yeah. Really dry skin. You can't Jack tell. That's pretty dry skin too, though. I was going to say, you can't tell because like his fur, you just can't see it, but you can tell because he's, he gets itchy sometimes. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, yeah. So like follow us on the gram. <laughs> <laughs> follow us on the facey face. Send us a Gmail. <laughs> now that I'm done being awkward. Um, follow Serialholic sisters and all that junk. Yeah. Serialholic sisters underscore podcast. And then our- that's, that's Instagram, right? Yeah, that's Instagram. I'm going to get it right one day. <laughs> one day. Oh, I know, I know. Serialholic sisters at gmail.com. That's the Gmail. Send us an email. We want to hear from you. We do. Actually, we really do. I like hearing from you. I do, for real. Like, I don't even care. Like, if it's like, hey, y'all, what's up? I'm just sitting here. (laughs) Like, just shoot us over a, how's your day going? (laughs) Like, I care. Let me know how your day's going. Crystal really needs it right now. She's unemployed. (laughs) (laughs) I'm unemployed. I will read all of your emails and respond at this point. (laughs) Right as you send them because she has no life. No. (laughs) Thanks. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But no, definitely send us some suggestions. If you have any out there that you want to hear, uh, follow us, subscribe, send your friends out there to subscribe. Um, we are definitely gaining some more listeners and we're loving it. Do the um, rate and review thing. We like that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Go and rate us. If we're annoying, tell us we're, an- tell us I we're mean, annoying. We'll still be annoying, but <laughs> right. Tell us what we do that's annoying and then we'll continue doing it. But still, we'll know that it's it annoying while we're doing it. <laughs> sorry. This is literally how we are outside of the podcast. Exactly. It like it does not stop. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's sad. <laughs> tell us tell us we're annoying. We'll continue to do what what annoys you, but we'll we'll be aware of it. We'll know we're annoying you. And- we'll at least know that we're annoying <laughs> you. Um yeah, so okay. Anyway, All right. We're we're gonna until next week, it'll be my go. So yeah. Thank God. You know how much no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm so sick and tired of <laughs> of literally carrying you on this podcast. <laughs> I mean, I do everything. I'm just kidding. Jesus. <laughs> Everybody's like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> okay, bye. Bye. <laughs>